Today on the Craft Room Podcast, let's talk about preparing for a handmade Christmas. This is episode 19. Welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Lewis, professional crafter, craft teacher, and all-round craft enthusiast. This podcast will help you get great value from your craft supplies and perhaps help you discover new techniques, ideas, and products to take your crafting to the next level. There is so much craft to talk about, so let's dive right in. Hello, welcome to the Craft Room Podcast. So glad you're joining me today. And if this is your first time listening, a very special welcome to you. Now, this may have snuck up on you, or maybe you think it's too early, maybe you're in denial, but it is, if you're listening when this goes live, about nine weeks out from Christmas. And this is the perfect time of year for us to talk about how we're going to prepare to inject a little bit of handmade love into our Christmas celebrations and gift giving and festivities, okay? Just because I'm thinking about it now does not necessarily mean I'm acting on it now, but I do have some really hot tips for you. I also have some very important questions that you need to ask yourself. We're going to cover Christmas cards, gifts, and home decor. These are excellent places that you can put a little handmade love into Christmas. I think, though, that we need to start by clarifying something very, very important. This is a question you need to ask yourself and really think about. Who are the people in your life who you're going to give handmade to? Because some people in your life are into handmade stuff and other people in your life are not. And knowing the difference between them is very helpful. It's going to save you a lot of time. It's going to save you a lot of money and it's going to save you a lot of heartache. Here's what I'm talking about. Have you ever handmade a card or a gift? You put a lot of thought and love and effort and skill into this gift, given it to somebody and they've just not been excited, not liked it or worst case scenario, said something really nasty, something very insensitive, maybe something that hurt your feelings. It's happened to me. It happened to me when I was really young. I reckon probably around age eight or nine, we didn't have a lot of money. So when it came to gift giving, everything was handmade because back then it was so much cheaper to make anything over buying it in the shops. And I had a friend at school I wanted to give a gift to. Macrame was all the rage. Yes, I know it's come back around again. And I made my friend a little macrame purse. I used stuff out of my mum's stash. I think the colour of the macrame cord was orange, but it was era appropriate, I swear. And I handmade this macrame purse, put a lot of time and effort and thought into it. And she just opened it, picked it up by a corner and went, what is this? And dropped it onto her seat and just went on with her day. I was crushed. I was, I was absolutely heartbroken. You'd think I would have learned the lesson then, but I didn't. I carried on making things for people. And occasionally I would give things to people for whom handmade wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing that made them really happy. So this is why I'm saying to you, Think really carefully. Do a little assessment. Who are the people you're going to make for and who are the people you're going to buy for? Now I'm going to say something, even though I've just said how heartbreaking that was, I'm going to say something that might might seem to some a little controversial. Not everybody loves handmade and that's okay. We can't force people to love handmade. Some people 
don't like it now, but maybe they will in the future after they get to know you and see what you do and learn more about your thing and think, hey, that's actually really cool. So some people do change their mind over not wanting something handmade to loving it in the future, but some people, they're just not into it. And there is nothing wrong with that. Imagine if we were all the same and all like the same stuff, life would be very, very boring. And trying to make someone love handmade, well, think about the time someone's tried to make you love something or get into something that you're just not interested in and put yourself in their shoes. Here's the thing about giving gifts and giving cards. The point is to give somebody something that they will be delighted by. You think about what they like and what their interests are. And it's a bit of a reflection really on how well you know people as well. And you're just going to find that people on your card list and people on your gift list, some will be into handmade and some will be into shop bought. And there is nothing wrong with that. So by knowing this and figuring out who are your handmade people and who are your shop bought people, it is going to save you quite a lot of heartache. It, it took me a long time. It really took me a very long time to figure that out. But I can put just as much thought and effort and care and love into a store-bought present as I can into a handmade present because I'm getting something that I know the recipient is going to be really excited by and very, very happy with. So it's in moments like these that you do kind of have to put your want of making things handmade for people a little bit on the back burner and know who is who. Now, with that said, I think we'll start with Christmas cards category. Okay, so Christmas cards, look, it's one of those things that some years I do it really well and some years I don't do it at all. I went for probably more than a decade not sending any Christmas cards at all. There were years that I wanted to send them and I didn't and I felt really sad. There were years that I felt like I should be sending them, but I didn't want to and I felt really guilty. And then there were those delightful years where I didn't want to send any and I didn't feel like I should send any. And I was quite happy with that. Look, in the end, not sending Christmas cards, nothing bad happened. I received less Christmas cards in return, but I was okay with that. I was in a very chaotic period of my life and I just couldn't manage it. I, there were years I want to send them and it would get to Christmas Eve and all of a sudden I realised, well, it's too late now. That's not going to happen. A few years back, I found a way that I could actually get organized around my Christmas cards and I'm going to share my method with you and hopefully there'll be a few tips in there that you'll be able to tweak to use for yourself. But before we do that, I have another question that I would like you to ask yourself and that is, do you want to send Christmas cards this year? Do you feel like you should send Christmas cards this year? If you feel like you should and you want to, then fantastic. We'll move forward and I'll give you all my hot tips. If you want to and you're not sure if you're going to be able to, listen through. Maybe some of these things will be helpful and you'll be able to get it done. But if this is one of the years that you're going, oh, I just don't want to send cards this year. I just, I don't have it in me then it will be fine. Okay, so maybe there'll be some tips that you can use for next year or the next time that you feel you want to send Christmas cards. Now, I used to send a lot of cards and then I sent not many cards and then I sent no cards at all. And then I went back to a fairly small list of people that I would send Christmas cards to. My favourite way of 
being organised around this is to start with a notebook. And this is what I did a few years ago. Now I have a Christmas planner. I'll talk about that another time because if I unpack my entire Christmas planner here, we'll be here for an hour. So maybe I'll record another episode about my Christmas planner if you're interested. So if you are, let me know. Send me an email or a DM or a comment on the blog. Let me know if you're interested in knowing more about my Christmas planner. But in the meantime, if you don't have a dedicated Christmas planner, just grab a notebook, any notebook. You know those notebooks, those ones that you buy because they're really pretty and then you don't use them because they're too good to use. Well, we are going to grab one of those and use it just for our Christmas planning, just being organized around Christmas. Now in October, if you're listening live, it's the perfect time to start thinking about what we're going to do. I'll be honest, I expect Christmas things to start in November and November's really busy and December's absolute chaos. Now, if you're looking for something in a notebook that's super Christmas and proper festive, I will link to some gorgeous lawn form ones that I have in my store. They're really, really sweet. It's a pack of two and they're just lovely. But any notebook is going to do for this. If you've got a traveler's notebook or a planner, something small and not too huge and chonky. And we're going to grab a planner or a notebook and a pen and start getting organized. So the first thing I want you to do is turn to a clean page and up the top, you're going to put a heading of Christmas cards dash sending. So this is where you're going to make a list of all of the people that you want to send cards to and get organized around that. So the first thing we're going to cover is who, who do you want to send cards to this year? So start writing down names of people or families or places that you want to send a Christmas card to this year. And I recommend as you're writing them down in your notebook, leave one or two lines in between because we're going to come back and fill those in in a moment. So this is going to give you a really good idea of how many Christmas cards you need because you've got a list of people. The next thing we are going to look at is where. Where are we going to send these Christmas cards? Now is the time in October to start gathering all those snail mail addresses and pop them on the line underneath the name. As you're working through and you're getting them, I don't know, you might have an address book, you might keep them in your phone or have a filing card system. Whatever you do, wherever you keep all your snail mail addresses, start popping them down. And this is where you'll start to realize that maybe you don't have someone's address or remember that maybe they've moved and you don't have their new address. If that's the case, just get in touch with them and say, hey, I just realized I don't have your address. What is it? And so you may get a street address or a PO box or a locked bag and you can start to gather those up. So just send people a text or an email, give them a call, drop them a message, however you communicate and find out addresses. This is for the people, of course, that you are going to post your cards to. And this brings me to the how. How are you going to deliver these cards? On your next line or next to the name or next to the address, you can pop a little code in to let yourself know, is this going to be posted or hand delivered? So if you're going to be posting the cards, you could pop a little P for post. We could have a column on the right hand side of the page with the word post above there and you can tick the ones that you're going to post and leave it blank for the ones that you're going to hand deliver. This is going to let you know how many postage stamps you need. So as soon as Australia Post puts their Christmas card stamps on sale, which is great that they are cheaper than regular stamps, you can go and buy the exact amount that you need for your Christmas cards this year. The next thing is the what. 
what kind of Christmas card am I going to send or deliver to this person? Now, there are a lot of different kinds of Christmas cards. You get the super cheap ones from discount stores. You can get some really nice ones from post office. You can get super duper nice ones from the news agents, you know, really, really fancy ones where you buy them one at a time. You can make your own Christmas cards. You could purchase a card from a friend, family member or a, a colleague, someone you know who makes beautiful handmade cards. Or you could actually look into some of your favourite artists and see if they are offering art cards because sometimes they put ones out with a Christmas theme. If you are sending cards overseas looking for artists who do specifically Australian work or whatever your country of origin is, for example, uh, a lovely lady that I know through the Artful Business Conference, Jenny, she has really cool art cards with a New Zealand theme. So you can find an artist who creates art cards based on their country, your country of origin, and perhaps purchase some of those as your very special cards. So you can have another column on the right-hand side of your page and tick that if you are sending a special card or just a regular card. Sometimes I send really special ones. Sometimes I send ones I buy in a box of 50. It just depends what your needs are going to be this year. And now is the time to start thinking about that. The benefit of thinking about these things early means a couple of things. You can prepare so you can figure out, oh, I need this many handmade cards. And you know, that's how many cards you need to make. You know you need to go shopping or maybe you're a savvy shopper like me and you pick up Christmas cards when they're marked down after Christmas, 50% off, 75% off, that's not bad and you put them aside. If you're going to do that, make sure you make a note in your little Christmas planner of where you put those cards because you know you put things in a safe place and then, and it's such a safe place that you don't know where to find them. So make a little note in your Christmas planner where you stash the cards that you bought last year. You can do that if you buy cards after Christmas this year. You can also figure out if this is going to fit inside your Christmas budget. Some years you can just do what you want, buy what you want, send what you like, and it's not a problem. Other years, budgets can be tight. So if your budget is tight, add up the cost of the kinds of cards you want to send and the postage, and you may have to whittle your list down or instead of sending super special cards, maybe you are just going to send box cards this year. So pay attention to your budget and figure out what your Christmas cards are going to cost you. So now that you've got this comprehensive list, you've got names, you've got address, is it being posted or hand delivered? Is it a special card or a box card? All these little details that you need to know so you can get organised. So the next thing I like to do after making my list is to gather everything I need together. I get my Christmas cards, envelopes, address list, which is in my little book, a good pen and my postage stamps. And I put all of these things in a plastic case or a bag or a little box, something so that it's all together. And I take it with me. So if I'm going to an appointment and I have a feeling I'm going to be sitting in that waiting room for a while, I'm going to take that bag with me. Now, when I use a plastic case, I've got a hard surface so I can write on things. If you don't have a hard case and or you're not carrying it in a box, I recommend seeing if you can get your hands on a small clipboard. I've picked one up at my local discount store. Otherwise, take a book with you and you can use that to lean on and do your writing. The first thing you can do is start writing out envelopes because you've got all the names and the addresses. So you can start writing out your names and addresses on the fronts of envelopes and your name and address on the back, unless you're using return address labels. And if you like to use those, and I've just reminded you that you're out, 
you've got plenty of time to put your order in with Vistaprint or wherever you like to get your return labels from. And they'll be here well and truly in time for you to send out your Christmas cards. From there, you can also start writing on your Christmas cards, pop them in the envelope that's already been addressed. Although I would wait to seal them until the last minute because you never know. Something super exciting could happen to you or your family and you're going to want to include that exciting news in your Christmas card. You know, if you are the kind of person who writes long letters and stories inside of Christmas cards to people you don't see very often who live far away. So I would just pop the card into the envelope, just leave it unsealed. And then as it gets closer to Christmas and you decide I'm done, I'm organized that first week in December, you've got all of these cards. You just have to seal them up, pop the stamp on, drop them in the box. And you are the person who's got the cards out that first week in December. I love that this is something you can do in bites. Now it's time to talk about handmade Christmas cards. So if you're a card maker, this part is for you. Or if you've been thinking for a while that you would like to make your own cards, even though maybe you're not a big card maker, this might be helpful for you as well. There are quite a few ways that you can do this. Perhaps you've been making Christmas cards all year long and putting them in a special place. Gather them all together and you've got all your Christmas cards. If you haven't even started yet, don't sweat it. It's not too late at all. And I've got some great tips to get handmade cards done quickly. One thing that you could do is join a Christmas card swap. I'm hosting a Christmas card front swap coming up soon. There will be a link to all of that information in the show notes and it will link you to a blog with all the information. If you are unfamiliar with card swaps, I will refer you to a previous episode where we talked about craft swaps. So you can find a link to that in the show notes if you haven't heard that episode yet. And that way you are making a whole bunch of cards the same and sending them off and you'll receive a big variety of different cards. So if you prefer to send a different card to everybody, that's a great option for you. However, the easiest way to do your Christmas cards is to pick one design and batch it. It's definitely the easiest way. And even if you're joining a card swap, that's what you're going to be doing anyway. Now, I did this a few years ago. I got a shipment of waffle flower stamps in for the shop and in there was a set called The Season and it was a merman Santa and a coral Christmas tree and fish wearing Santa hats. I found it endlessly amusing. I thought it was one of the funniest things I'd ever seen. And I loved it so much. I actually wanted to make Christmas cards for the first time in a long time. We're talking over a decade. I really wanted to use this stamp set. So I bought one off myself and I used it and I made about 30 Christmas cards. This was when I learned write your list first <laughs> because I made way too many. So I've got quite a bunch left over, but I had an absolute ball. I designed my card and I just did the same design and varied up the pattern paper. I used all pattern paper from a single collection so that I could do all my coloring of my stamped images exactly the same and it would coordinate on every single card. I'm pretty sure I actually recorded that. I'm going to have a look and see if I've got the video. If I can find the video, I will link to that in the show notes as well. So check that out. At the very least, you'll find a photo over on the blog post. Now, if you're looking for any of the links or photos or anything I'm talking about today, even a full transcript of today's episode, you will find that at dawnlewis.com.au backslash podcast 19. That's the numbers one and nine. 
I had so much fun with that that I actually stayed on top of sending Christmas cards and I sent some out last year and I was so happy to do so and I even have a stack from Swaps. I did a clean out of all my design team cards and swaps that I'd received and I've got a nice little stack of Christmas cards ready to be used this year. The next suggestion I have for you is if you do want to have them kind of the same but kind of different, then I would recommend a template style system. So I have a couple of templates. I have a freebie in my freebie section. It's a one sheet wonder. I'll link to that. It's sort of an experimental one. There is a little tweaking. There's also a perfected version in the store. I will link to that as well. And there is a video I made quite a few months ago now and I created a template where you can take half a dozen six by six inch pieces of pattern paper and make 11 different cards. So there's a free template. There's a video showing you how to do it. I will link to that in the show notes as well. You can go download the template and use some of your six by six pattern papers to create really fun Christmas cards. And when it comes to decorating them, there's so many things you could do. You can do layering, stamping, stamping and colouring, use pre-printed die cuts. And often the people who make the pattern papers will bring out coordinating die cuts. So that's a really easy way to decorate your cards. You could use foam flowers, mulberry paper flowers, or make your own paper flowers by stamping, stacking, curling. There's look all sorts of ways you can decorate a card. One of my favourites, if you've got little kids who make lots and lots of art, is to cut down some of their artwork they bring home from school or preschool or daycare and use that on your Christmas cards. Or give the kids some pre-cut pieces of cardstock, have them create artwork on them, just pop a Merry Christmas greeting on there and that's a fantastic card to send. The other one that I really enjoy is if you are a photographer and you've been taking gorgeous photos through the year of beautiful flowers or scenery, you can make photo Christmas cards. Nothing wrong with that. One year I took photos of my family and I sent a family photo card. That's also a fantastic way to do them. Regardless of whether you are making them, adding photos, buying them at the shops, getting a favourite art card, I hope these tips have been helpful to help you get on top of them. This week, I'm making my list and I would love it if you were making your list at the same time. It's more fun when you do it with someone else. So let's make our list together. I think I've exhausted Christmas cards. So let's move on to Christmas gifts. Now, Christmas gifts, we're going to turn to a new page in our notebook and title it Gift Giving. This is the place where you are going to jot down the names of people that you want to give a gift to. Be it large or small, many or one, this is where you pop those names down. It's very helpful just to straighten it out in your head and figure out who do I need to buy or make gifts for this year. So jot down the names. Again, leave one or two lines in between the people so that you can make some notes for yourself and start writing them down. You know, put down, I put down, you know, my husband, my kids, my mom, my sister, all the people, the nieces, the nephews, everyone goes on the list right down to teachers at school. And I also factor in the kids' friends. Well, I did that when they were younger because I was the one who was in charge of that. I also factor in a little gift for the staff at my local post office because they give me amazing customer service all year long. I love to make them gingerbread men and drop them in a week or two before Christmas for them to enjoy with their morning tea because they, they do wonderful things for me. So they go on my Christmas gift list. If you have any great ideas, this is where you jot them down on the lines underneath the names. If you have a set budget for that person, 
pop that budget in brackets next to the name and have a column at the end or have a code like H for handmade or S for shop bought, just so you know, am I making a gift for this person or am I buying a gift for this person? So now that you've got all your names and this is a list that you can add to over time, remember it's still October. We still have plenty of time. Everything is fine. This is just the planning stage. So you can start to think about what kind of things. Now, some people are easy to buy for. My oldest daughter is so simple to buy for. It's ridiculous. My youngest daughter, however, very difficult to buy for. So when I start thinking of things, I grab the notebook and I jot it down. Or if they mention something I like, I can grab the notebook and jot it down. This is the time you can get your detective hat on and start asking clever questions and, you know, having a look at people's Facebook profiles and Instagram and Pinterest and have conversations where you can draw information out of them to find out what they would really love for Christmas this year. Now, we talked earlier about knowing who are your handmade people and who are your shop bought people. If you're unsure Sometimes the best thing to do is just ask. Let's say you're catching up over coffee with someone or you're at a family event. You can say, look, I'm thinking of making quilts for the nieces and nephews this year. Do you think your kids would be into that? And they will tell you flat out. And you can say, you can tell, ask them. Because honestly, if you're planning on making quilts for seven nieces and nephews and we're midway through October, like we're past midway through October, this is a big task and if you're going to put that much effort in and they're not going to like it, I personally, I would rather know up front. Sometimes the best way to know is to ask. Another way that I find is great detective work, especially if, you know, trying to figure out are you a handmade person or a shop-bought person, is I will give someone a card that's handmade and I find that people who love handmade really love a handmade card. The response will usually be along the lines of, oh my goodness, did you make this for me? Look, oh, this is so amazing. I can't believe you made this for me. And they show it to everyone. That's your handmade people right there. Now, just because they don't have that reaction doesn't necessarily mean they don't love handmade. You've got to read the room well. But it's you know giving a handmade card, whether you've made it or a friend has made it or you've purchased it from somebody who makes cards, it's a good test. So if you're unsure, either ask or do a quick test, you know, send a quick thank you card, check out and see, do they have handmade things? Do they follow makers on Instagram? Do they talk about handmade? Are they into handmade? So do your homework now in October when we've got plenty of time. It means there's less last minute rushing and panic when it comes close to Christmas. Another thing to take into consideration when you're thinking about what you're going to make for Christmas this year, check your calendar. I just found out that we're staring down the barrel of our first Christmas drinks this week in October. We haven't even had Halloween yet and we're talking about Christmas drinks in October. So first time this has ever happened. This is telling me that calendars are going to fill up fast. Think back to November last year. Were you out every Friday night? Were you out every Saturday? Were there end of year breakup parties and dance recitals or piano recitals or concerts, all those end of year activities? How busy did it get with kids at school? Do you have to be racing around doing, is there an end of year performance? There are assemblies and award nights and graduations and formals and all those things that are 
creeping in and packing our calendar, they start in November. So when you're planning to make things, you have to look at your calendar and realistically figure out how many hours do I actually have to dedicate to this? If you've got kids in school, find out the last day of school. And the other thing you need to do is refer to your budget. If you're thinking about handmaking quilts for seven nieces and nephews, realistically, look at what that is going to cost you because there's fabric, there's wadding, there's the cost of quilting, there's the time involved. Really look at your calendar and really look at your budget. The other thing you would need to do is if you're having them quilted by your long arm quilter, check in with them and see can they even fit in seven quilts before Christmas? I know my long arm quilter is almost completely booked up and you kind of need to think ahead with these things. So unless you're doing quilts as you go and you've got oodles of time and no one demanding anything of you, then maybe you can get that done. By figuring out your list, you've got time to do your online shopping for things to be delivered, which is marvellous. I don't do any online shopping past the 15th of November. I'm done with online shopping. It gives me five weeks for things to be delivered, especially if I'm ordering from overseas. And sometimes you find the perfect thing and you can only get it from overseas. You need to start thinking about your gift giving now so that you can make sure everything you need is going to arrive. However, sometimes we make that list, we can't find the thing and then we have these great ideas and we don't have time to put them into action. We've got two choices. We either rush it and get it done and we have really late nights and early mornings burning the candle at both ends and I've done that for absolutely sure have I done that and I haven't enjoyed Christmas quite as much when I've done it that way. Let me give you an example. One year I didn't plan in advance. My kids were kind of young Again, it was that chaos time of life that we were having and I hadn't injected any handmade into Christmas and it wasn't that I felt I should. I really wanted to and it felt sad that I hadn't. I had family members who really enjoyed receiving handmade gifts. We're a very makey family and I wanted to put a little handmade and I thought, what's something simple I could do? I know. I'm going to give each family or each of the ladies in the family, because let's face it, they're the ones who deal with the card giving. And I was going to do them a pack of 10 handmade cards with envelopes, a book of 10 stamps, which I presented in a DVD gift box. Yes, this was a while ago when people still gave DVDs in gift boxes. It was a marvellous idea. It was a week out from Christmas. And it was about then that I realised there were seven families to make these for. And that meant 70 handmade cards. And I thought, oh, I can do this. No problem at all. After several fairly long card making sessions, I really hadn't achieved very much. And I realized I'd probably bitten off a little bit more than I could chew. Unfortunately, I am a little bit stubborn about these things. I did find a way around it. I dug into my stash and found that through my time on design teams and just making cards through the year, I actually had quite a few already made that I could use. So I pulled them all out of my stash and added them to boxes. And as I was starting to put these boxes together, it occurred to me that each different person in my life was going to need different kinds of cards. So, for example, my cousins were in their early 20s at the time and they needed different cards to my grandmother. So for the cousins, they were going to a lot of 21sts and graduations and engagements and weddings and stuff like that, like people in their early 20s do. Then there was my sister who had young kids. So she was going to a lot of children's birthday parties. So she got a lot of birthday cards, I think pretty much all birthday cards. Then there was my mum, 
my mum's generation and they not so many weddings and not so many little kids birthdays so they've got a mix of kids birthday adult birthday get well and thinking of you and thank you cards because they still like to send thank you cards and then there was my grandmother who got a lot of sympathy cards, get well cards, thank you cards and thinking of you cards. Very different phases of life necessitated different types of cards. And it got to a couple of days before Christmas and I was nowhere near finished yet. So I got really desperate and I went and printed a lot of photos. I'm a very keen photographer. I had beautiful photos from on the coast going to botanical gardens, lots of florals. And so I started to use those. I have a template that I use in Photoshop that I dropped them into and then I sent them all off to be printed, picked them up the next day and that was fantastic. It was an absolute lifesaver. For some of them I put a stamped and matted uh, sentiment on the front and for others I just incorporated the words right into the photo in Photoshop and printed them that way. So it was just a fully one layer front on that card and I finished the box and I gave them and everyone loved them and I know that they love them because my mum framed two of them because she liked them so much she couldn't give them away and I received three of them for my birthday a couple of months later. So a handmade gift when you're giving it to the right people often well received but it nearly killed me to put them all together. I was not enjoying the lead up to Christmas and I was exhausted come Christmas Day. I love that everyone loved their gifts, but I wish I'd had more time to enjoy Christmas. So that was kind of when I started to think, well, maybe I should be doing this a little bit earlier. <laughs> there was this year that my girls wanted to do some Christmas activities with me and I was so busy shopping and wrapping and with my business and I was doing a lot of shopping and, and wrapping and, and tasks for my grandmother and for my mum and I actually said to my girls, I'm sorry I don't have time and the, it was heartbreaking for them which was heartbreaking for me and that was it. I decided I was done running around like a lunatic and fighting for a parking spot at the shopping centres leading up to Christmas. And I was tired of not being able to do things I wanted to and inject the handmade that I wanted to in my Christmas. And so I made some changes. I, I started planning in October. I got my little Christmas planner. I got really lucky when I was thinking about this. Officeworks was clearing out a lot of planners to get the new stuff in. And I picked up this beautiful red leather personal sized planner. I love it so much and I keep all of my Christmas things in there. I now keep Halloween and Easter and birthday menus in there as well. And I think I'll talk another time about how I've got that set up. But I decided I had to get organised because I was I was sick of letting my kids down. So the following year I thought, right, I'm going to be finished with my Christmas shopping by the end of November. I wasn't, but I was done by the end of the first week in December. And that left me three weeks where... I didn't have to run down to the shops. Everything was wrapped because I wrapped it as I bought it this time. And I was, I was amazed. I had all this spare time on my hands and I thought, what am I going to do with all this spare time? So what I did do was say to the girls, right, we have an extra Christmas tree this year. My mum had downsized and given us a larger tree. And rather than dispose of or donate the smaller tree, I said to the girls, would you like to decorate this one? It can go in the studio. So in our home, the studio is, is where I have all my craft cupboards. If you've never seen my craft cupboards, I have a tour of my paper crafting cupboard on my YouTube channel. I will link to that in the show notes. I, we also have our fold-out couch out there. So if we have guests, they stay out there. We've got a spare bathroom out there. And a lot of video gaming goes on on that couch. So I said to the girls, 
what do you want to decorate this tree? And they wanted to decorate it with a video game theme. So I said yes, and we did hit the shops, but it was more of an adventure than, a oh, I have to do this and I have to do this and list checking. So they picked a game called Portal 2, which is a fantastic game. I've got to say, problem solving skills and, and strategic thinking. It's a great little game. And so that's what they chose. And so we went and we bought silver baubles, just plain silver plastic baubles. And I got out the paints and they painted them. And then we went looking for orange and blue tinsel. I can just say orange tinsel was very hard to find once upon a time, but we had fun. We went on adventures trying to find things that we could use to decorate the tree. We made biscuits and we did baking and we made gingerbread men. We watched Christmas movies together and we did Christmas crafts and I watched them play their portal game beside their portal tree. It was fun. It was great memories for me and I hope it was great memories for them as well. And that is the year that I realized that being organized suited me very, very well. And it allowed me to enjoy Christmas. And while they were busy creating, I was able to create and make gorgeous things as well. And we just had a lovely, calm, beautiful family Christmas that year. Now, the last thing that we're going to cover, and I've kind of already launched into it, is, is home decor. There are years that you are going to want to make something for your own home. It's kind of something that you make for yourself. One of my favorite things is to get out the handmade decorations that I created for me. Things I made because I loved the pattern. Things I made because I wanted to try a new crafting technique. I was doing a lot of folk art. I've got uh, the word joy. Each letter is cut out. I cut it out myself. My dad taught me how to use a scrolling saw and I cut the letters out and I painted them. And they're some of my favorite decorations and getting them out. It brings back the memories of the times that I made them. Creating something for your home is like creating something for your family. And I love the handmade decorations. I have pieces that other people have made for me. I have a piece that I won in a raffle at my painting association and it's stunning and I love it. And it goes up every single year. Each year, think about what do I want to make for myself, for my home, for my family this year. I was inspired at a sewing retreat a few weeks ago that I was at. A couple of ladies were making tree skirts. I've never made a Christmas tree skirt. I hate the naked plastic legs on my Christmas tree. It's something I would really like to make for myself. I have two gorgeous themes of Christmas decorations. I have cream with red and gold and I have a beautiful teal and gold selection. So it occurred to me I could make a double-sided tree skirt, one with cream and red and gold and flip it and the other one could be teal and gold. So that's something that I would like to make for myself this year. So I'm starting to plan what will I need? How will it look? What pattern am I going to use? What materials do I need? I can look through my stash and if I don't have them, I can start to shop for fabric and I'm not in a rush because we won't start putting up Christmas decorations until, I don't know, probably the second week in December. I have plenty of time. Now is the time to think. Look at your calendar. Decide what you're going to do. Does it fit into my budget? Does it fit into my schedule? How can I spend my time over the next nine weeks so that I have the Christmas that I would like to have? So I hope that this has been interesting to you uh, to think about what you're going to do. Are you going to add a little handmade into your Christmas? And I hope it helps 
ease some of the stress and last minute panic around doing so. Remember, you can find a full transcript of today's episode over at dawnlewis.com.au backslash podcast 19 with links and photos, everything we've talked about today. I really hope that you've found something that might help you throw a little handmade into your Christmas and make it a Christmas that is relaxing and fun and creative. Thanks so much for joining me in the craft room today. You can find links and other information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher. I'd really appreciate that. I do hope you have a very crafty day and I will see you next time. Bye for now.